0: One time for the underdog, Whoa. time for the underdog start. Let me see you put them up. up Reach the sky, touch the stars up above, cause it's one time for the underdog, underdog. One time for the underdog. I'm Patrick B. W. Host of IT, and today's topic is going to be a little bit emotional for you, a little bit different for you. And I hope you listen to the whole thing because uh, I had to go through this many, many years ago. It's talking about what you could do to break the curse of your current limiting beliefs that are holding you back in life. Few things you got to know about life, right? We got issues with faith that we struggle with. We have family, friendship, relationship, marriage. We have finance, business, health, and politics. Now, on each one of these, you may have a limiting belief. Because think about it. There are people, you ever hear people that, you know, will brag about the fact that they are, you know, uh, very good in their health, and they have six packs, and they have good bodies, and they work out seven times a week, and you see them showing their legs, and they do all this stuff, and they're in such good shape, right? No money in the bank account, no good personal life no good marital life, not a good faith, but they have an incredible body. Why is that? Well, because they don't have limiting beliefs in their health, but they do have limiting beliefs in other areas of your life. I don't know what your limiting belief is in what area, but I promise you there's a limiting belief that's holding you back in each one of the areas. Let's give you an idea. One could be faith. You could be somebody that grew up in a church And I I hear this happen all the time. The pastor gets up one day and says, you know, I've been having an affair with somebody in the church, da-da-da-da-da, and I'm stepping down, and all of a sudden you say, I will never go to a church ever again. That is a limiting belief because of an event took place to you when you were 16 years old and your parents were so disappointed and you were devastated, and now you don't believe in God because you based everything of your faith was a vertical relationship and you were disappointed by horizontal because somebody around you let you down so... That is a limiting belief, and you need to crack the code to it. So you you don't believe there's a God, or you're an atheist, or you're an agnostic, or whatever. All churches are just want to make money, because I remember one time we gave this pastor money, and he came in a Bentley, and he came... It doesn't matter. I don't know your limiting belief. But if you have a faith issue, you have a limiting belief here that you can address. And if it's only it's important to you, you'll be able to crack the code to your family, friendship, relationship, marriage. So let's look at that one. You may be afraid of having kids. Why? Because your mom or dad wasn't a good mom and she left or he left and you're afraid that if you have a kid, you're going to be like that and you know it's going to hurt you and you're afraid to have kids because you were hit and abused when you were a kid growing up and you're afraid that maybe you're going to do that and no one knows about that, but it's a fear that you've been arrested and it's a prison. No one knows it. Relationship. Your parents got a divorce. You're afraid of getting married because if you do get married, what if somebody gets a divorce or if you're a woman? And every time you date a man and all of a sudden you realize this is a good guy, they could be married, you cheat on him and you go with somebody else because you don't want to break, you don't want it to get too serious because what if you get serious and then 17 years later, when your parents were married, your uh, father left and broke, all that stuff, it's so deep, but it is a limiting belief that's holding you back, if it is. That's the area, friendships. You have a hard time keeping friends because one of your friends that was your best friend ended up dating your boyfriend at that time and you have a hard time trusting friendships or you had a father that left so you have a hard time trusting men all your life or you had a mother that said all these negative things about you and she doesn't believe in you and all that stuff so you have a hard time working with other women in your life because there was something in your life that's a limiting belief that's stopping you from working with those people in a right relationship. Marriage could be the same thing, lots of them. Finance. You grew up in a family where your father worked very hard, and all of a sudden he lost everything that he had. He were devastated, lived in three different homes, so you think money sucks, and anybody that works that hard should have stayed home, either my dad were That's a limiting belief. You think money's terrible. You have a family that you grew up poor, and you saw your mom and dad struggle over money, so you're afraid of money, your scarcity. Every time you go, you think you're gonna lose everything you have, so you hoard all your money, you cover all your money, because that's a limiting belief that you've been living with for a while, and unless you crack the code, you're gonna live with that forever. Money. So you either don't deserve it, you make $180,000 a year, but you really only think you're You're 60, so you're being overpaid. So you take that 120 that you're making and you waste it on cars, jewelry, everything and three years later, you lose everything again because your limiting belief is a 60. Man, I'm getting overpaid. These people don't even know. I'm not worth 180. There is a limiting belief problem there. Another one is health. Right? You grew up in a family. People generally didn't, didn't take care of their health. So you kind of will eat whatever it is. Cheesecake, sweets, late night. You don't work out. You don't exercise. Your parents didn't work out. Nobody exercised. Somebody did. Somebody got hurt. Exercise is not good. All this other stuff. So you don't exercise. Politics. You hate Republicans because your parents hate Republicans. Because a president that was a president 28 years ago that did one law or one thing that they changed. And your father says, I hate Ronald Reagan because Ronald Reagan wasn't fair to immigrants. He's the worst president of all time. We're not Republicans in my family. So my family, we're Hispanic, we're Democrats. We're African American, we're Democrats. We're Middle East and we're Democrats. That's what we are. Or, you know, I grew up in a family and my I saw my mom or my dad. They were on welfare all the time. Always Section 8, taking advantage of everything. And, you know, they weren't really working. They could have worked. I cannot stand the communistic system. I hate everything about communism because everybody abuses the system to get money. I just cannot stand that. I don't want to have anything to do with Democrats because... I'm a Republican, or you grew up in a family that there was so much fight about politics, you don't even want to talk about politics because you're afraid of it. There is a limiting belief with something to do with politics to you. If you don't have that challenge, don't worry about it. But if you do, there's a limiting belief and what is it? You got to crack the code in that if it's important to you. So now, the challenge with limiting beliefs is this. Most of the time, there is the real truth, right? The real truth of whatever one of these beliefs that you may have, and then there is your truth. Your truth is not the real truth. Your truth is what you have been self-sabotaging yourself. You've been self-sabotaging yourself all your life that has become a truth, but it's not the truth. It is your truth. You know, if you keep telling yourself a lie over and over and over and over and over again, you could believe that lie. But it's true to you, even though it's a lie in reality. If I tell myself 2 plus 2, the real answer is 4, but I say 2 plus 2 is 7, and I keep saying that for 20, 30 years, guess what? I really believe 2 plus 2 is 7, but it's not the real truth. So what does this mean to you? So what is your truth about money? you got to write it down. What is your truth about business? You think businessmen are all greedy? Well, you're never going to get have money. You're never going to have money. You think rich people are rich because they took advantage of somebody else? If you really believe that, you're never going to have money. If you think all men cheat, men are going to cheat in your life. If you keep thinking all men cheat, if you think you know women are this, woman, you're not going to find that girl unless if you crack that code and stop self-sabotaging yourself and hurting yourself on the way you view life. Now let's continue. Okay? So now next, limiting belief statements. Typically a limiting belief statement is a very simple statement that you make. You'll typically say say something like I can't do x because of y. I can't get married because my parents I can't become a millionaire because all rich people suck. I can't go out there and do this because of limiting belief statement. Another one is I'm not good enough. Right? I don't believe in God. I don't believe in marriage really exists. I don't believe in you know, uh, keeping a strong diet, I think you should eat everything. I don't believe in having my finances in order. I don't believe in saving because you live once, so you should spend all your money because that's what your family does. You should spend all your money because you don't believe in that, right? I don't need anyone's help. That's a very big limiting belief. People that think, I don't need anybody's help. I'm a girl. I don't need a man in my life. I don't need anybody's help. Yeah, you're probably not going to find a man that wants to stay married to you because he wants to feel needed. I'm a guy. I don't need any woman's help. I'm on mine. You're probably not going to find a woman that is going to stay with you because she also wants to feel needed. I don't need anybody's help in business. I can do it all on my own. You're probably not going to find people that want to be in business with you. I don't need it. It doesn't matter. If you, if you have a statement, they say, I don't need anyone's help. That's a limiting belief. Another one, it's not my fault. A limiting belief. It's not my. I didn't do it. He did it. She did it. It's not my fault. It's my wife, my so husband, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister. I had a conversation with somebody on a conference call. What's today? Today's what? Wednesday? Wednesday yeah. Tuesday morning, I had a conversation with somebody, and somebody said something to me on the conference call, and I said, listen, I totally understand that that may be a truth, but what I like to do with my life that I had to graduate this back in 2004 is to understand. Instead of saying it's not my fault, is to understand. What can I do with this situation myself to have improved it? Do I Do I have to voice my opinion? Do I have to say something? Do I have to act? Do I have to look at my choices? But if I sit there and I let it happen and I don't do something myself, you can't say it's that person's fault. It's your fault. So it's responsibility, that's a limiting belief. What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if this marriage doesn't work? What if I can't do it? what if this Limiting belief statements, if you start from there, a positive one instead of a limiting belief, maybe, you know, a, a imagine if I could, well, what if, imagine if I could make it. Imagine if this. Sometimes we go back to, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not smart enough? Limiting belief. What if I'm not? What if I'm not? What if I'm not? What if I'm not? Right? Those are limiting belief statements. Make a list of some of your limiting belief statements that you have. now. Next one, we've heard this in other places before, generational curses, that whether they are true or not, okay, let's just say they're they're not true, okay, that's great, maybe you need to tell yourself that, but sometimes people tend to follow the exact footsteps of their mom or dad, whether it's good or bad, sometimes the bad we tend to continuously do. Because it's a generational curse that keeps continuously happening. I may say, Patrick, you know, that's generational curse stuff is not the truth. Really? Hmm. Well, if you look at the generational curse, if you look at a kid that has played ball, you'll generally see the kid may also play ball and the father played ball and continuously will go down, right? Steph Curry, his father played, his brother played, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, you know, Archie, is it Archie Manning? Archie Manning. There's a, there's, a, there's a generational trend there that's not a curse, that's a trend there, but you also see it with some curse that takes place, holding grudges. If you notice people that hold a grudge heavily, there's typically somebody in that lineage of their family that may hold a grudge. They may have had a relative or a mom or a father, I won't talk to that person ever again. That's holding a grudge, but there's something there. So why are you holding a grudge? So you may ask yourself, who my family held grudge? Why am I continuing this holding grudge? Do I want my kids to also keep holding grudges? Now, it's not really a big deal to hold a grudge. Well, do you want to go 17 years without talking to your brother? Do you want to go 12 years without talking to that best friend of yours? That you guys were best of friends. He's successful. You're successful. It's not like you guys have negative habits. Both of you are successful. Why don't you talking to that person? Now, I don't want to talk to this person. I don't want to talk to that person. That's holding grudges with people. Next, money. That's a big generational curse. You'll notice a trend. If you write the lineage, father, grandfather, how were they financially? Are you continuing that tradition as well, financially, good or bad? Why? Why do you think you also have to continue that? This is not to blame them at all. This is that eventually on the generational curse, the good news is it can be stopped, and it's normally stopped by one person that becomes the hero for the future generations of the family when that one person decides to stop a generational curse. So your spending habits, how many of it is similar to your mom or your dad? Do you hoard? Do you do this? Where did that come from? you got to ask those questions. Alcohol. Sometimes you see a son drinks, father drank, grandfather drank. Alcohol. Come home, I'm going to drink, I'm going to do this, and it's not a big deal initially. And next thing you know, two beers, three beers, then hard liquor, then every day, then all the time. Then it's just making a fool out of yourself. You lost the job, lose relationships, you do all these other things. It's a generational curse that could be taking place. Breaking the law. Sometimes you see, hey, my father's in prison, my brother's in prison, my grandfather's in prison, so you go into prison. Why do you need to continue that as well? That's a generational curse that you're continuing. Continuing. Sex. Married yet having five girlfriends. Okay. You look after your father did that. Yes, that may be a generational curse that's passing down. Right. Same with one mother. Your mother maybe would hold it back from your father and say, you know, I haven't had sex with your father for six months. So you do the same to your husband. That doesn't help the marriage out, right? You know, I don't care if this, 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 that, we're just not going to do this. That's also something could be passed on because you saw one of the behaviors of somebody. So you're continuing that as well. It may not be the real truth, but it's your truth. Drugs. See that? how common that is. Smoking pot. They smoke pot, ecstasy, coke, hard drugs, Drugs. it doesn't matter. You'll see that trend taking place as well. Next one is racism. You see a lot of that. That's a generational curse. And let me tell you what I mean by racism. It's, you know, you have to marry a, 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 a Hispanic person because we're Hispanic. You have to marry somebody that's also Hispanic, okay? We don't marry white people. We don't marry black people. We don't marry Middle Easterners. We don't marry this. That's a generational curse. I grew up in a family that, "Hey, you know, you have to marry somebody that's a Middle Eastern." I married a Caucasian girl from Great Britain. So I married, right? And You know, that that didn't look at, hey, all my friends, oh my goodness, he married an American. He married somebody. You should have seen the reaction of my friends at our wedding. You got all Middle Eastern, hairy people on one side. You got all these Caucasian, blue-eyed, green-eyed people on the other side. They're looking at each other. There's no way in the world this is going to work out, okay? That is a generational curse of racism that could take place. It could be slight. It's not even a big deal. But many times I heard somebody the other day say, I don't like working with white people you know, because I believe the white man has this and white man has that and white man has this. Well, that, that's probably going to be passed on to your kid. You know, white people have been suppressing all this. Others. I don't like working with black people because black people this and black people that. And you see what they're the crime and all this others. I don't want to work with Hispanics because they just want to do this. I don't want to work with... You, you may not even know it because every time we say racism, the first thing we think about is African-American. That's not the case at all. It has nothing to do with African-American. And it has to do with a complete different thing that you may have. I grew up. You know, you look at the, the Russians, Turkish. You know, all religions. Oh, you don't marry this religion. You don't marry that. That that a part of that has to do with uh, racism, and then obviously uh, abuse. And we're talking about abuse, tongue. It's either verbal abuse, where you saw somebody lashing out on your wife, your 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 father lashed out on your on on your mother, so you do that to your wife, or you saw your mother lash out on your father. And you do that or your father lashed out on you, you're doing that as well. Sometimes this is more painful than a pow pow. This is sometimes a lot more painful than you giving your kid a pow pow because this stays. This is a very, the tongue is a, it's a very powerful weapon. Believe me, it's a lot more powerful than a baseball bat. Lot more powerful than any of that stuff because a baseball bat, you get a wound, you get over it. This stays right here and right here. That leaves a scar. So you got to write down what statements have been made to you that have been lingering with you from your mother or your father. I had to do this 11, 12 years ago to experience that. And was that the real truth or was that her statement? Was that his statement, right? Or is it my truth and that's not the real truth, right? And then the other type is domestic, you know, physical abuse. You've seen some, you know, fathers abuse the wife or mother abuses the, the husband and there's fights and abuse and physical and you see that and a kid grows up thinking that's, that's normal. Every one of these can be addressed. By the way, let me add something else to this as well that kind of has to do with it. It's slightly different. Is your personal vice management. And I'll explain to you what I mean by this. Most people don't, if right now, think about the most embarrassing thing you've done in the last month that no one knows about. Think about that one thing, that you have a vice that no one knows about. If that vice all of a sudden became public right now on Facebook and social media, how would you and I react? Embarrassed. Right? You have no idea how many of us are being held back by a vice. It's a secret. No one knows it. What is that vice? A secret habit that you have that no one knows you do. A certain drug, alcohol, a mistress, online porn, it doesn't matter what it is. You have a vice. That whole, you're absolutely lazy, no one knows about it. You sleep in, you slouch, no one knows about it. You you binge, you eat, and no one knows about it. Late at night, no one's right. Just sit down, and eat cheesecake, chocolate, on ice cream. I don't know how I gained weight. It's a vice. No one knows about it. Listen, you can only fool the world for so long with your vice until the vice catches up to all of us, all of us. And by the way. Don't think for a moment there are these perfect people that don't have any vice. No one is free of this. Like, this is not something that the perfect church-going people don't struggle with. No, 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 no. Every one of us struggles with this. Everyone's closet has some skeletons in it, except some have a lot of skeletons. Some have a few, but everyone's got skeletons in it. The sooner you address your vice and you drop those two vice or one you're dealing, dealing with, it kind of sets you free a little bit more to get away from a curse that's holding you back. But you got to sit down and do this exercise and find out for yourself. Let me continue. So now, the question becomes, so what do I do? How do? What do I do this whole thing here uh, that I'm dealing with? But these are a few things I would tell you. One, you got to be real with yourself. You cannot BS yourself. This is no bullshitting here with this here. You cannot do that. You cannot sit here and tell yourself, oh, I'm okay, everything's okay. It's not. If you fool yourself, we can fool people for the rest of our lives. The most difficult person to fool is the man in the mirror. And let me tell you, the man in the mirror is the only person in your life you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. Now, your wife... Now your husband, now your kids, now your mom, now your dad, now your best friend, nobody. Only the man in the mirror. And a man in the mirror does not hold back because he or she knows everything about you. Everything about you. The sooner you're real with yourself, the sooner you're liberated. You know how many people live with handcuffs and shackles that are non-existent, but they're holding them back? You know how many people? Billions of people. These are non-existent, imaginary handcuffs and shackles, simply because we don't want to be real with ourselves and say, I have some issues i got to address, man. i got to work on some of these issues that I'm I'm getting. You need to get frustrated with yourself. You need to get emotional with yourself. You need to cry, possibly. You need to feel the pain. Those things need to happen. There is no intention of this, of, you know, you really need to feel that emotion in your belly while you're going through this. There's got to be some annoyance, some emotional, some pain, some frustration being felt. That's number one. First thing's first. Second thing, take a timeout. When I say timeout, I'm not talking two weeks off, a week off, or a weekend off. You need a day away from everybody. Turn this damn thing off sometimes, right? Take a day and turn this thing off. Everything, not just notifications. Turn it off. Get away. Sit down. A timeout with you and you. I'm not talking spouse or anybody, you, the only person that you got to figure out to crack the code with is you. Get away from everybody. Number one, obs. No Number two, take your time out. Number three, go on the website. I had to go through these questions 11 years ago, 12 years ago, and I've talked about this over and over and over again. Go take the ultimate self-discovery questionnaire, it's free. You don't pay for it. It is free. Go on my website, pantruckbeddavid.com. Take the ultimate self discovery questionnaire. Let me just put it to you this way I launched this questionnaire a few months ago. The first three months, 300 people took it. Do you know how many people have taken the last two months? 26,000, 25,000 and change have taken in the last two months from 130 countries. And if I showed you the amount of emails we're getting with emotional emails, you'd be amazed by it. But go take that questionnaire with your time out. Get emotional, get frustrated. Last one the book. Go get the 25 loss for doing impossible. Here's a copy of it. Look, I don't make money on these things. I may make a buck or two on these books. I'm not selling this book to make a living. I run a financial firm. Listen, we had somebody from uh, Facebook that came today. People are sneaking up in our office right now, left and right. Every day, people are coming from Korea, from other parts of the world that are wanting to come and visit us just to sit down and talk business. Malaysia, Dubai, South America, they're just coming here. They're finding out our address and they're just coming and visiting us. I run a financial firm. I don't need to make another dollar or two on a book, but this book is a simple book I'm recommending to you. I wrote this book, 25 laws for doing the impossible. The reason why this goes with this is because you got three phases you need to go through. Number one, you got to recreate yourself. Number two, you got to identify your cause. Number three, you got to go make history specific. It's in this book. You can buy it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's all over the place. You can find it. Go get the book. So one, No BS. Be real. Two, take a time out. Three, ultimate self-discovery questioner. Four, read that book. You can read it in one sitting. And five, once you go through that, make a big, bold move. Shock everybody. Change the look of your eyes. Let people see a new set of eyes because you have finally faced yourself and you've addressed your curse, you've addressed your vice, you've addressed your issues. You are no longer embarrassed of yourself. You no longer have nothing to hide. You have breaking, the handcuffs and shackles. You're free. You are free, and guess what? The good news is, tomorrow's a new day, and guess what else is the good news? Tomorrow's gonna be an incredible day. Moving on this year's gonna be an incredible year. My life's gonna be an incredible life. I'm gonna have the most incredible relationships, I'm gonna have the most incredible friendships, I'm going to make incredible amount of money. I'm going to go see the world. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to take care of my health. I'm going to have a relationship with a God or a higher power. I'm going to feel good about this cat. So with the 75 to 90 years that I have in this existence, I'm going to give value back and leave a legacy in the world. And they're going to remember the mark I left in this world. You go do that. That's the time to go do it. Don't set this thing aside. This life thing is very exciting. Like this it goes. Gray hair. Like this it goes. I look at my leg. Today I was exercising. I went to the gym in the morning. I looked at my skin on the bottom, of my ankle. I saw the veins that I used to make fun of my mom and dad with the veins. I have them now. Never had those veins. It's popping now. What happened with that? This guy's getting older. And he's got an expiration date. He ain't got 300 years to live. I got anywhere between 70 and 90 years to live. So do you. You think you got a lot of time to change? You don't. Start today. Make that decision today. Grab a notepad and pen. Go through it again. Make these five points that you got to go through. And then from there, look, when you're done with this, if you're shaking a little bit, if you're emotional a little bit, and from there you, you, you come out and it's like this very sense of calmness about you, and you, you're kind of like, whoa, whoa, I'm not a cocky or arrogant at all, but I feel good about life and myself. I am very excited about life. That's not supposed to be.